It's good. It sucked. It's meh. Everyone has an opinion, but only I have the balls to tell you the truth as I see it. You want to know how good a movie really is? Well, sit back, kick your feet up, because you're about to witness a common man's review. Let's get this mother started out right as another past and present movie review episode begins now. Day. Today we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those movies that I was always intrigued with. Being a comic book person uh, way back when, you know, I was a younger man then, well, I wouldn't say a man, a teenager, and I used to collect comics a lot. And so when they make these movies now, I'm always comparing, you know, what storyline they had in the comics and things of that nature. How closely did they follow the source material? You know, stuff like that. What made Guardians of the Galaxy such a great film to me, the original, is the fact that I had no idea who these characters were. I didn't know anything about Groot, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Mantis, um, you know, nobody. I don't know anything. I never had a comic book of these characters. So all I can go by was what was presented to me by the film. Now, you know, eventually I looked up the Wikipedia version just to kind of get a good background on the characters. But the original presentation to me comes from the movie. So I'm judging everything by that. And I think that's why I like the Guardians of the Galaxy so much was the fact that that I didn't have to compare them to anything. I didn't have a template or something that I've read that says this is how they should be and the movie shows what they're presenting. So I'm always going by the one thing and that's the movie. And for two volumes, I mean, I enjoyed both films. They were actually one of my favorite films in the Marvel Universe. So I like the Guardians of the Galaxy. So when Volume 3 came out, you hear from James Gunn that this is going to be the final iteration of the characters as we see them. You know, it was kind of a sad day because I know that we're not going to see these characters the way that he presented them because he's going on to take on DC. So, you know, it was just kind of one of those bittersweet moments to really get to see this film as it is and you know we'll see what happens after this but they've always been my favorite characters they're just a group a ragtag group they're not the avengers they're not as organized and they're just fun i mean they're really fun characters so jumping into this movie (laughs) yeah that you could tell james gunn basically put his funk on it so to speak And so I'm going to dive right in and talk about some of the things I liked. And keep in mind, if you're just here for to listen about what my thoughts are without any spoilers or anything like that, you obviously haven't been listening to the show long because I talk all spoilers. I don't waste time with non-spoiler reviews. So this is your warning right now because I'm going to dive right in. So what carries this movie? What is this movie specifically about? We get a lot of save the world type stuff in these Marvel movies and DC movies as well. But the essence of this movie is they're just trying to save their friend Rocket 
who was injured in an attack by Adam Warlock, which I'll talk about here in a moment. Rocket's storyline, as dark and traumatic as it was, carried the movie for a character that I didn't particularly care for. I mean, I liked Rocket, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see a story about Rocket or his background or his history or whatever. You know, he was just a character that was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and he was he did his job, basically. So but I wasn't a big Rocket fan to the point where, oh, yeah, I got to look up, see what happens to Rocket. Why is he like that? I never did any of that. To have this storyline and basically it's like an origin story for him. It is just wow. I mean, Nebula, who always tells everybody that her father, you know, tore her apart and put her back together as a form of torture. When she saw what happened to Rocket, when they all looked at the video, she even admits herself, this is far worse than what my father did to me. This was deep and dark. But you have basically the high evolutionary who is the main baddie in this movie. He's trying to create the perfect society. And he's going through a bunch of torture methods and trying to do a lot of things. He's created these different types of beings. And Rocket was one of them. And just him in his naive ways as a little kid. And then him and his friends. It was just a sad thing. They were just living in the best environment they can, they were told that, hey, one day we're going to go to this planet and be able to live out our lives. They were happy. They were excited about it until they found out that they were just nothing but tools. And Rocket tries to escape. His friends end up getting killed. I mean, it was just terrible. It was just like, this is how you build, I guess you would say, a connection with the audience because this was sad. I mean, you really teared up. When Rocket lost his friends and, you know, he went on a mad rampage, basically ripping the high evolutionary's face off. This story right here, best part of the film by far. I mean, you really got connected with characters, very short window of time. And you really started to feel that tragic backstory that Rocket hasn't been talking about. And I see why he's not talking about it. I wouldn't talk about it either because that is just wow it was just crazy so crazy in fact that i would actually watch a series of rocket after he escaped from the high evolutionary i want to see what happened to him like from there on how did he meet groot i wouldn't mind seeing a disney plus series put together for that now i know rocket probably costs an arm and a leg just with the cgi alone but i would really watch a show with him as that young character to see how he became the mercenary that we first meet in the first movie so yeah he carried the movie y'all i mean him him the actual rocket himself the i guess the current time rocket he didn't have much screen time because most of it was him just being hooked up to a machine trying to stay alive but the backstory was beautiful it was dark but it was beautiful um, another thing I liked about this movie is all members were able to shine one way or another. You know, Mantis, who didn't really have much time to shine prior to this, we actually were able to see her actually do some things in this movie. I think she was probably one of the better ones that I enjoyed seeing thrive in this movie. Nebula also as the fussing mother type. I know Nebula's had time to shine prior, being with Thanos and all that. But yeah, <laughs> she was just like a 
Nebula reminded me of a black mom. I'll just be honest with you. She's just fussing at them all the time. Um, there was a part in the movie where the high evolutionary ship is about to take off and destroy the planet. And Nebula is calling back to Drax and Mantis like, bring the ship here. And they say, we're not at the ship. And she's like, where are you? She just turns around and sees them. The look on her face is just, if you were a black kid <laughs> in America, the look on her face just sh- said it all. I mean, she was just, she's the mother of the group, and it's, it just really shows. She spends a lot of time fussing and yelling at them. So, I don't know, that just brought me back to saying, that's a black mother right there. Now, Groot and Drax didn't have much time in the movie, but they use what little time they have to shine. Uh, particularly, uh... Drax with him being the one who saves the kids on the ship um, and the high evolutionary ship and being able to converse with them. And then I guess one of the things that he was having problems with with Nebula, she thinks he's an idiot, which he really is. But at the end, she kind of respects him, says, you're not Drax the destroyer, you're Drax the father because of the way he handles the kids. And they t- them two stuck together. And I did enjoy that part of it. Um, Gamora's return was interesting as well, and I was happy they didn't bring her back to get with Quinn because this is a different Gamora, and she's a Ravenger now, which makes sense for this new version of her. She is just a lot more aggressive and things like that, but I really thought they were bringing her back to connect with Quinn again. I'm glad they didn't. Matter of fact, they tried to fake us out at the end like she may stay and you were on the edge of your seat like, is she going to stay or is she going to go? And she ends up going back to the Ravengers where she belongs. I mean, you didn't need her and Quinn to have a relationship because they are two different characters. This is two different Gamora. So I actually respected that and I enjoyed that. You know, and then, you know, Quinn really struggling to get over the loss of Gamora. I think a lot of people gloss over her death in Infinity War. People don't realize what kind of, you know, person that was and how much Quinn really is struggling with it. And, you know, with Iron Man dying and Black Widow dying, they really just kind of gloss over Gamora, to be honest with you. And Quinn is still living in that realm. So I did like his struggle with that. And then when he sees her, he's trying to reignite something that just isn't there with this new Gamora. Um, Another thing that just makes the Guardians so great and just different from, say, the Avengers, they are never on the same page, which is awesome. You know, they... They are enacting plans and everybody's just kind of doing their thing. Unlike the Avengers where they're kind of strategizing, they have Captain America who does that, puts the plans together, strategizes so everybody can work together. These guys have no clue what's going on. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. So Nebula, Drax, and Mantis are trying to get on a high evolutionary ship to save Groot and Star-Lord. Well, Star-Lord and Groot dive off the ship while these two are breaking in. And once they're in the ship, they're, you know, calling Star-Lord like, hey, we're trying to save you. Where are you? We're off the ship. You're like, what do you mean you're off the ship? This is what makes it so funny. And that's why I like these characters so much is the fact that they're never on the same page. So it's really just a disjointed rescue attempt. And now they have to be rescued. And it's just crazy. You really wonder how these guys really survive because there is just no continuity with leadership as far as, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be the plan. You know, Star-Lord always talks about his plans, but 
they don't always work and they're used to basically you know doing it, it winging it just being honest and so i always like that about the guardians of the galaxy i think that's what makes them unique from say the avengers or justice league or whatever and it's just they're never on the same page and it's funny to me it's really funny and it's probably more accurate <laughs> in life than we really want to admit to be real so just kind of keep that in the back of your head when you look at military strikes and all that type of stuff the corridor scene or hallway scene, whatever you want to call it at the end, where all the Guardians are fighting the high evolutionaries, uh, monsters or whatever, that was just beautiful. And it reminds you, the reason I say hallway scene is where Daredevil did it on the Netflix series. Now, I would think that this is a little harder because you're doing a lot of fighting with CGI, whereas the choreograph in Daredevil, you're really fighting you know, normal people. It's just a lot of choreograph going on with the single shot and everything like that. So, well, they did that with this, but it's just a bunch of you know, CGI characters that they're fighting. So I think this would probably be a little more difficult to do. I'm not sure. I'm not a um, cinematographer or anything like that. But that is probably the badass scene of the movie. Just them fighting as one. And it went on for a good bit. So it wasn't like a quick short scene or a choppy cut scene. It was just one continuous shot of them fighting all the monsters. Probably the best scene in the movie. And, you know, it was just like, wow, now this is awesome. This is what you pay to go see in a movie. And I don't know why Marvel doesn't do that more. I mean, they did it in the netflix series but i know that was kind of separate from this but still just to be able to put all that together if you can do all that with these cgi characters then you can do it with just about any movie that you have but yeah that scene there badass and then finally uh Kranglin and cosmo they were nice additions they didn't need to be built up too much because they're not part of the main squad i guess initially um but they do help out at the end Craglin, when uh, nowhere was being attacked finally using the arrow as it should have been you know he's been trying to master the arrow since the end of the last movie and so he finally kind of you know got it together at the end and then cosmo using their power again this wasn't just characters thrown in there for no reason they all had a reason and i like the fact that they were able to use that in order to help out the main characters at the end of the movie so good jobs with you know both of these characters as well even though we don't get too much time with them we get enough time to appreciate them and that's all you really need in a movie that has a group of people this large you know this is a large group and trying to give everybody their storylines or their purpose it's a difficult task but i think james gunn pulls it off very well okay so those are the things that i like there's probably some other things but those are the really the main things that i really enjoyed out of the movie but as all movies are not everything's perfect so let's talk about some of the things i didn't like first of all this is the worst opening song of the three movies so guardians of the galaxy is known for that first song that kind of just really kicks it off i mean come and get your love that was just genius in the first movie and then the second movie i forgot the song it has but it still was with group dancing while there's so chaos in the background you know made a bunch of memes off of that but this song here at this one it just really didn't kick off to it i probably have to listen to it again but you know, this is the worst opening song of the three movies. In fact, the music in the film pales in comparison to the other two. 
I don't know what these selections were about, but yeah, the songs, they just weren't as good as the first two movies. And if you know the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, music is very important to Quill and everybody. So I just, you know, I, I just, I was kind of shocked that they, the music seemed toned down a bit or not as good as far as comparing the first two films. The movie seems like it went on too long. Uh, the I must try to pronounce this the Orgo Spear storyline. I think went on longer than it needed to go. So that was the planet, or I don't know if you want to call it a space station, whatever the one that has living matter around it. I thought that went on a little too long, and up until that point, the jokes just weren't hitting for me. And I really was concerned because it looked like they were trying too hard on the jokes in the storyline, especially with Gamora. They just feel like they were trying to force, like, this is not the same Gamora. They just kept trying to force that down our throat. Okay, we get it. All right. And it just seems like the jokes and everything at that point just wasn't hitting. I was getting concerned with the movie. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to end this on a bad note. Thankfully, they didn't, but I thought that mission went a little too long, in my opinion, and that was probably the weakest part of the movie. Um, as far as the high evolutionary, he was, meh. you know, he wasn't a good villain. He wasn't a bad villain. It made the story go, but once again, Marvel kills off a villain. And I think about it, if this MCU thing goes on for another hundred years. I know it's not going to, and they have multiverses and all other stuff they can do to bring people back. But if it continues on, let's say a hundred years from now, we just stay in the one universe and they keep making movies for the next hundred years. They're going to run out of villains. They just keep killing them. I mean, now make no mistake, he wasn't a particularly good villain, but you know, they could leave some people around just in case. But that's how these comic book movies are now. They always die. The villains always die. And I don't know. His plan to start over and blow up the planet was crazy. But we needed him to fuel Rocket's rage. He basically was just there to give Rocket the rage and the background that we had to connect with. So he has a purpose. That's why I say he wasn't a bad villain. But he wasn't a memorable villain as well, if that makes sense. Another thing I didn't like, Adam Warlock. You can tell they just added him on to the movie. They didn't necessarily need him. He was only there to pay off the end credit scene of the second movie because everybody knew that was Adam Warlock being born. And, you know, you didn't want to end the third one without using him. So he was kind of like a mercenary in this film with uh, him and his mother. Uh, I think her name is uh, Aisha or Aisha, whatever her name is. And neither one of them seemed that they belonged in this movie. They were just put there to pay off the end credits of the second movie. So, you know, it was just one of those hit or miss things. You didn't really get enough time with him. I don't know much about that character either. I read a little bit about it, but this doesn't seem like the character that they were trying to make in the second film. I think they had another way they were going to go with it. And then they changed their mind knowing that this was going to be the final uh, installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy of this iteration. So he was just thrown in there. And you can really tell that they really had no story building for him. Even when he got his second chance to save Quill, um, it just, I don't know, it just seemed forced. Just like, okay, you've done all of this, this entire movie. He seems overpowered at times, and the other times he seems weaker. 
I don't know. It just Adam Warlock didn't work for me. Um, speaking of Quill, his death fake out, I thought was very stupid. We knew he wasn't going to die. Now, if he would have died, I would have been stunned. I would. This movie would have went up so much if Quill would have died because we all know this is the final iteration of the film as well the group as we know it. So if he would have died off, that would have made sense and everybody went their separate ways. The ending would have made a little more sense, but I didn't think he was going to die. I just knew he wasn't going to die. You saw Groot sitting out his roots. You're thinking Groot's going to save him. He can't save him. And it just looks like that Quill is going to die. I never bought it. I didn't. The fake out was horrible. Of course, he gets saved by Adam Warlock and there we are. It was just, uh, I don't know, just there was no reason to do that fake out. If they would have actually killed Quill, then it would have been awesome, but they didn't and we knew that wasn't going to happen. And speaking of the ending, it was, yeah, like I said, it, it was okay, but after everything that they've been through, the team breaks up, mostly going their separate ways, leaving Rocket as the new leader of the Guardians, which includes him, Groot, Adam Warlock, Cosmo, and I assume one of the kids they saved from the high evolutionary ship, and I think somebody else. But um, Gunn said this would be the last iteration of the Guardians as we knew it, and only Star-Lord was promised to return at the end, so... We may not even see the Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. You know, I would mind seeing a series again. Something on Disney Plus showing the new Guardians and their mission and things like that. Just really show how Rocket's leadership is going. So they set that up and they could still do it. But I'm thinking they're probably wanting to see how this movie performs before they make any type of decisions like that. But Quill really just said he's just taking some time off. He went to leave to, I guess, see his grandfather that he had abandoned. Well, not abandoned. He was basically kidnapped, and he never went back to Earth to check up on him. And so I'm thinking he just taking a break or something like that. But he's pretty much, you know, they just separated the whole group. Um, it made sense for Nebula and Drax to stay behind with the kids because Drax has such a connection with them. And Nebula is like the mother. <laughs> I mean, you just be honest. That's the mother and the father. So I think that made sense. It made sense for Mantis to leave too. Like she said, she's been doing everything Ego wanted at first. And then she's been doing everything the Guardians wanted. So now she wants to see what she wants to do. So that did make a little sense there for her to go find herself. You can, again, put a series to that or something like that. Um... But yeah, it's just, I don't know, something about the ending just, uh, it's like you went all this way to keep your family intact throughout the movie and then everybody just kind of splits up at the end. I thought they could have built up a little more to that and of course, Gamora goes to the Ravengers. Again, that was a little fake out like she was going to stay, but she ends up leaving and they just love her for whatever reason. You know, they're showing them hugging on her and everything. I mean, it is. Gamora, I would too, but <laughs> she just seems happy with them. But overall, this was a good film. I enjoyed it. I know there was a lot of things I talked about that I didn't like, but the good 
far outweighed the bad in that case. I mean, the Rocket story alone was worth seeing this movie. And I was getting concerned with some of the jokes at the beginning, but they pulled it off as James Gunn only can. It actually eases my concerns about James Gunn taking over DC because if you can make these characters a bunch of nobodies that most people didn't know about and make them interesting, you can do that with some of the DC properties, especially with Batman. I can't wait to see what he does with Batman because you know if he can do a darker situation here with just Rocket just imagine what he can do with Batman I mean he already does great work with Peacemaker too so you know James Gunn I think DC is in good hands and just because this movie this movie really convinced me of that I mean I knew he was good before but just seeing how he decided to do this final installment I am yeah, interested. I can't wait to see what he has planned with DC. But overall, great movie, a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, it runs a little long, so there are certain parts that probably could have been chopped out to make it a little bit more fast-paced. But, you know, other than that, it was a good movie. I'm trying to think. I know this one is better than the second one. Now, as far as the first one, I'm probably going to have to sit down and watch this movie again because I'm still a little excited. And sometimes when you're excited, <laughs> you kind of make things better than what they are. So I probably have to wait until it comes on streaming or whatever and then watch it again. And then I can determine if it was better than the first one. But I know it's better than the second one. The second one was okay, you know, as far as the storyline and whatnot. But I like this one better because the rocket thing, that really is what makes it better than the second one and possibly better than the first one but i'm gonna hold judgment on that for right now so that's it what do you think guardians of the galaxy volume 3 have you seen it did you like it as always leave your thoughts in the comments below and you can always check out some of my personal work at www.enigmakid.com that's www.enigmakid.com it's your boy Enigma signing off. Come and get your love. Peace out.